Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, good morning, and let me uh, begin by saying that all four passages from the Bible that we've just heard, including the psalm, lead me to one single conclusion, and it's this. If you think that you have a few issues, a few areas in your life that need some work, but that otherwise, by and large, you actually basically sort of have a fairly good handle on how things are going, then maybe, just maybe, the Bible is possibly a book that you may not want to read. And let me give you an illustration of that possibility. In the book of Job, in the Old Testament, uh, at the very end of that book, there's a passage in which uh, Job uh, has gone through a really tough, difficult time, but finally at this point feels that he actually has a fairly good handle on figuring out God. Now, listen to how God responds to Job. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, Job, if you think you have understanding. Well, to highlight this accusation by God... I'd like to think with you for just a moment about light, and specifically about how fast light travels. A particle of light travels 186,281 miles every single second. So, right at this moment, as you and I are here together uh, via Zoom, uh, worshiping together, a fellow named Larry Harkness is joining us. He's tuned into our worship. And Larry uh, used to be the sexton right here at Calvary St. George's some years ago. And he now lives in Mooresville, North Carolina. Hi, Larry. If Larry were to send a particle of light from Mooresville, North Carolina, here to Calvary St. George's Church, it would take three one-thousandths of a second to get here. Now, also at this moment, there's another friend who has joined us and is worshiping with us right now from Seoul, South Korea. So if this friend sent us a particle of light, uh, it'd take quite a bit longer to get here. It would take four one-hundredths of a second to reach us. Let me put it another way. A particle of light circles our planet in less than one-fifth of a second. Let me put it another way. If you were to hike 10 miles a day, every single day, for the next 50 years, it would take a particle of light one second to travel that same distance. Or to put it another way, it takes a particle of light about eight minutes to go from the sun to Calvary Church. And that's a distance of 93 million miles. So imagine a particle of light traveling 
at a speed of 186,281 miles a second, not for eight minutes, but for an entire year. That's a distance that's referred to as a light year, and it is a distance of six trillion miles. So I want to issue an invitation to all of you right now. The invitation is tonight, when the sun goes down, to go outside. And if you're in the country right now, to go outside and lie down in the grass. Or if you're living here in the city, to find a rooftop somewhere. And once you're lying down, stare up at the stars. And while you're doing that, think about the fact that the particle of light from the farthest star that can be seen by the naked eye left that star 2.2 million years ago. That particle of light has been traveling at 186,281 miles every second for the past 2.2 million years in order to make it into your eyeball. Then, think about Job and God saying to Job, Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth and the whole universe? All of which is to say, you and I may be just a bit more frail than we sometimes imagine. And I'm realizing from the passages in the Bible this morning that there's a parallel between our physical frailty and the frailty of our spirits. You and I have all been learning these past few months like we have never learned before about our physical frailty. But the Bible also points to spiritual frailty. It points to the millions of psychological light years between our dreams of freedom and the reality of our spiritual frailty and slavery. You may remember last Sunday, uh, the second reading quoted St. Paul as saying, I don't do what I want. I do the very thing I hate, which is to say I dream of being free and I find myself frail and enslaved. Now, it's, a, it's our privilege this Sunday and next Sunday to have the second reading come from the eighth chapter of the letter that St. Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome. These are 39 of the most extraordinary verses in the entire Bible. If I were stuck on a desert island and were only allowed one chapter in the whole Bible, I would pick Romans chapter 8. And in this chapter, St. Paul says at one point, You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received a spirit of adoption. That verse is actually in the section of Romans 8 uh, that we're going to hear next week, but I decided to steal it and use it this week. Listen to how a scholar named William Barclay translates that same verse. He says, You did not receive a state whose dominating characteristic is slavery, but you received a state whose dominating characteristic is adoption. So here it is. St. Paul is saying 
that the immensity of our universe and the immensity of our tendency to do the very things we hate all point to how enslaved and how frail we are. And then St. Paul uses this incredible metaphor to point to the freedom from frailty and slavery that is found in Jesus. Paul says that you and I are adopted. One of my good friends, uh, a devout Episcopalian, lives in another city. She's been called by God to the ministry of adoption. Her name is Priscilla. She works for an adoption agency, and her job is to help youngsters get adopted by loving and supportive families. And Priscilla and St. Paul make a pretty good team in describing the need for adoption. Here in the state of New York right now, there are close to 4,000 babies and young children who are living in conditions of frailty and are aching to be adopted. And in the deep sense, you and I share that same condition, knowing our frailty, knowing our slavery, and needing some person to adopt us, some person to take us home, some person to take us home to love and to security and to peace. And St. Paul in Romans chapter 8 declares, we are adopted. We do nothing to earn or deserve it. God simply steps into our universe and into our lives in the person of Jesus Christ in order to adopt us. Out of our frailty into God's strength. Out of our failed freedom into the freedom and love of being God's redeemed daughters and sons. St. Paul declares that in the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, our loving God has paid the price in full for our adoption papers. And it's adoption out of failed self-control and an adoption into a relationship whose fundamental mark is absolute forgiveness and unconditional love. There is nothing that is more full of peace that passes human understanding, nothing more defining of the real meaning of life than being adopted into a relationship in which you and I receive love that is not marked by conditions, a love that is rock steady when you and I do the very thing we hate, a love that will not let us go, come what may. A small and very wonderful adoption uh, happened to a friend of mine a little while ago uh, at a conference in, in uh, South Carolina. My friend had been aching to get free from her sense of deep frailty and slavery. She'd been trying to get free, by taking on a job, a vocation that the world respects. But she wasn't sure that she wanted this kind of job. But she needed to affirm her worth. And at this conference, uh, my friend came up to a healing service at one point. She came forward for prayers. And by the way, she gave me permission to tell this story. And she said to me at the rail that she had no peace in her new job 
that she was a lot more frail than she thought and that it just wasn't working. And so we prayed together. And when she went back to her seat, I looked down at the rail and I saw that it was wet. There were tears all over the rail. You always need to pay attention to tears. They are always a sign in one way or another that God is at work. Those tears on that rail were a sign that an adoption was taking place. Because as my friend acknowledged her frailty, her real self began to emerge in the family of God. As she found herself being adopted into the redeeming and reconciling love of Jesus. And sometime after the conference, this adopted daughter of Jesus called me up to say that she had changed her job again. And she was just exuding peace. She simply said to me, this new job feels really me. So light still travels at 186,000 miles per second. And you and I still struggle to do the very things we hate. But in the midst of all of this frailty, we are offered a freedom that outshines the entire universe as the adopted children of God. So I want to close with one more experience of tears. In the Diocese of Western Massachusetts, where I live, um, I served one summer um, at our diocesan camp and conference center as a chaplain. And at one point, I found myself with a group of teenagers, um, and we were out in the woods doing an exercise called the Leap of Faith. And this exercise involves climbing to the top of a telephone pole uh, using those big metal uh, staples that were nailed into the side of the pole. And the challenge is once you get to the top of the pole to then very slowly stand up on top of the pole, which at that point makes you some 30 feet off the ground with the pole, even though it's securely in the ground, swaying back and forth. And then... The object is to shout one, two, three, and then leap off the pole into space. And then, as the belay rope catches your swan dive, to enjoy the ride back to Earth. Well, one particular teenager gave it a try, and she got halfway up the pole. And that was it. She couldn't go any further. So she came back down. A little bit later, she said that she would try it again. So this time, she got all the way to the top, but she couldn't bring herself to try to stand up on it. And so that was it. She climbed back down. Then finally, toward the end of the whole session, she decided to try it one last time. And she went up, and this time she managed not to stand on the pole, uh, but to sit on top of it. She couldn't get herself to stand up. So finally, she just very slowly fell forward into the air. No swan drive, dive. She kind of dropped like a lump, but the belay rope caught her. And then, as the rope lowered her, the others on the ground were cheering and they were clapping. And then, as her feet touched the ground, 
And as her friends gathered all around her to hug her, she started to cry. And they were sweet, sweet tears. Her tears had nothing to do with making it up the pole or falling off. Her tears had everything to do with her experience of the rope that was holding her being trustworthy. Her tears had everything to do with the arms that were waiting for her when she got back down. Her tears had everything to do with being adopted, being adopted into the strength and the freedom and the love of those friends on the ground and into the strength and the love and the arms of the family of Jesus. So have a good time tonight, all of you, and I'll do it too, lying out in the grass or up on a rooftop, looking up at the stars, and knowing at that moment that you are adopted into the strong arms of Jesus, and that all will be well. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.